You are now listening to the Hot Take Podcast, brought to you by Full Time Fantasy. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Josh Daddy. Time to make it hot. Welcome in. This is the Hot Take Podcast. And tonight is a special mock draft episode, folks. We love the mock draft episodes here on the Hot Take. Uh, first one of 2020, a little early. But you know what? We got nothing else to do. So let's do some drafting tonight. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Josh Daly. How you doing, Josh? Doing good, man. Excited to uh, have our guest on and get into this first mock. And like you said, it is a little bit early, but yeah, what else are we going to do, you know? Yeah, you know, I was going to do like a dynasty startup. I think we will get to one of those. Um, but for now, we're just going to do a redraft early 2020. And I think it'll be interesting to revisit this. Um, so we're doing PPR, pretty standard, 12-teamer. Um, and then you mentioned it. We got a special guest on, Bob Lung, Big Guy Fantasy. What's going on, buddy? Doing good, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Always a pleasure. And uh, yeah, I've actually done a few best ball drafts already. Uh, just kind of seeing where players are falling out. Uh, and it is quite interesting, to say the least. I'm just stunned by some of the stuff that I'm seeing. And I'm sure we'll talk about it tonight. You're you're a big best ball guy, aren't you? Um, you know, I wasn't until the last couple of years. Um, and, and not necessarily what I really like about it is one, you can play for little money. Of course, if you do a best ball 10, you throw in 10 bucks in. I think I won two of them last year. So I won 240 bucks, um, or 200, no, 200 bucks. And, uh, but what I like is, you know, by doing them in March and April and May, you really start to see where things are. And it helps because I put out the, the fantasy guy, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, a little earlier than normal this year because of this whole world situation, life situation. And a lot of people were begging me, Bob, we're bored. Any, any chance you can get the guide out earlier than May 1st. Yeah, everybody's yes. bored, Bob, come on. Yes. So I got it out April 3rd. Um, so, you know, the interesting thing is, as I was putting it together and I was trying to look at the ADPs, you know, it's so early. Um, and I, you know, so there was things that just didn't look right, but, as I started to do some of the best ball drafts, I started to see the reality wasn't that far off of where the ADPs were. And right. I know things will change. Drafts going to come up and, and situations will change. And obviously I'll update the guide and all that stuff for after the draft here at the end of the month. But man, some of the stuff that I'm seeing just really no, blows me away. About- now you're talking about like the value you're getting on guys, people yeah. sleeping. Yeah, I'm talking things like Julian Edelman going in the seventh round. Got it. Got it. That yeah. blows me away. Yeah, right. I know Tom Brady's gone. That doesn't mean that the rest of the team died. They'll get right. somebody who can throw him the ball. And who's who else would a who else would a new quarterback on that team throw to than Julian Edelman? You're what he's one of the best, you know, uh, clutch third down you know, security blankets a quarterback could have the seventh round, like going as wide receiver, like 38, some, something's people have completely given up with the Patriots. Let me just tell you that. Yeah. We've seen a lot of guys where we're very surprised at where they're at as far as like, 
one interesting thing, you know, we did like a uh, this guy or that guy with Joe P's appeal in the last episode, and we right, did a couple right. of Adam Thielen. Mm-hmm. Adam Thielen right now is like the 310 back of the third round. Yeah. Yeah. And no, you can I... get Cortland Sutton at the 302. And we all love Cortland Sutton, but we're thinking just that alone. We're like, well, you know, I mean, Adam Thielen right now with no Stefan Diggs, I mean, he's really right. in a juicy situation. Sure. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah, now, there's so many like that right now. This right. change this year in the quarterback in the quarterback uh scenario. So many quarterbacks coming, going uh, different directions has put the wide receiver ADP world into a, just a complete chaos. And it's just interesting to see how it's fallen out. And I'm sure we'll, we'll see that tonight, maybe as we're looking at this mock. So what we want to do is we want to talk about the consistency guide, which you put out every year. And as you mentioned, you put it out a little bit early this year, and we appreciate you for that. Um, you know, guys that we think about that I think about one is Julian Edelman. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that I think of him as a very consistent player. Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy yeah. that I always think about right away is Keenan Allen. That's that's a guy right. who, to me who I think, you know, game in and gate game out, you're getting the high volume and he produces. Um opposite end of the spectrum, Amari Cooper, right? So just guys that you can kind of think about here. Josh, I want you to propose a player to Bob and just see, you know, this is the guy that you want to target, right? Just see how he charts on on consistency and someone who you think actually would be very consistent. Yeah, absolutely. One of the guys that I would love to know uh, what Bob thinks here would be for James Conner, just because of the unknown as if the, you know, Steelers are going to go and draft someone else. There's been reports that they absolutely are going to add somebody in one of the earlier rounds. Um, I just kind of want to know, like, what, you know, from a consistency standpoint, you know, how much can we rely on him, you know, whether we're in a dynasty right. or a redraft league? Well, here's the thing. So consistency when he's on the field, that's the important phrase here. When he's on the field, the last two seasons, 60% last year, 85% two years ago. So basically over the last two years, we'll just say ballpark about 72% consistent. And that's a, you know, that's an RB two, what we call clutch rating. I mean, that, that puts him in that realm. That's a solid RB two. However, the reason I think that the Steelers are going for another running back is they can't count on this kid to make it through a season. If he could play 16 games and be durable, this kid's a stud. And he's proven it. His consistency has proven it. But he can't get past, you know, 13 games. Um, and and when he's playing full time. And last year he barely made it through 10. And I right. think even some of them he went at, you know out in the second quarter. So that counts as a game played, but yet, you know, really didn't. So that is the thing with Connor. He's very consistent when he's on the field. He's a good player, he's a good RB2. But the problem is you can't count on him making it through a season. If you want to draft him, if they let's say they do get a running back, but it's not a high-end running back, but they may give him a chance. My thought is, is his ADP is going to fall. Get him as a good value. Start him the first eight games. Hopefully he'll do well, as, as he's shown in the past, and then trade his ass to somebody else to get rid of him. That's what you're going to do with him. Um, right. But – to be able to rely on this guy for a whole season. And I know everybody can get injured. It's the NFL, but 
this guy just cannot stay healthy. So you said 85% two years ago, and we know about, you know, his, um, his success he had uh, right. in 2018. So that went down to 60% in 2019. Is that something that you look at? I mean, you look at that trend, especially with well, running. Backs. You do, but what you have to also look at is look at the team around him. Sure. Big Ben goes out in game two. You've got two rookie quarterbacks or two inexperienced quarterbacks who sucked. Um, Juju goes basically doesn't play for crap most of the season and misses a lot of games. So the whole offense was a disaster. So it's hard to say James Conner. I think James Conner did pretty well at 60% based on the team around him, because when he played, I'm sure that most of the teams are going to stack the box, say, look, we stop Connor, we force, you know, Duck Covlin or whatever these idiots' names are. I can't remember their names. Um, <laughs> you know, that couldn't do anything, you know, couldn't couldn't scare a defense. And so that's not going to help him either. So I kind of write off last year for Connor and say, if the kid can stay, but if the if the Steelers are that adamant. And they go get a high pick. Let's say they get, I don't know, they may doubt if they'll get a Jonathan Taylor, but let's say they get a DeAndre Swift. They get, you know, somebody with some decent talent. They may give Connor the ball for the first four to six games. If he looks good, the rookie stays on the bench. He gets hurt one game. And now we got a Wally Pip and see you, James. You're not coming back. So unless the, unless the, unless the rookie doesn't do very well, but that's kind of how I look for Connor. I'm going to be doing a uh, few players for the Roto Underworld draft kit this year. And one of the players that I'm doing, the only rookie that I'm doing is AJ Dillon, a uh, 250 pound running back out of Boise state, kind of mm. like a Steven Jackson type. Um, right. I've seen him on a couple of mocks going to the Steelers. Yeah. Um, okay. Obviously, you know, everything changes with the draft. So if they do draft a running back at whoever it is, you have to take that into consideration with James Conner. Now, what I saw last year was uh, Benny Snell actually showed out a little bit. In the time that he had, mm-hmm. um, I do think that he played well enough to to earn himself, you know, um, some credibility in that locker room and um, in the front office there. So yeah, but, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be in a hurry yeah, to draft a running back. Well, that's the thing. I think that's what we have to see. If they don't draft a running back, then Snell is their backup plan. If yes. they do draft a, ba- a new running back, especially a, a pretty well-known or high-end one, then that tells me that they really don't see a lot in Snell. Right. Yeah, I look at somebody like A.J. Dillon, if he falls in a good place and the Steelers are on the clock, knowing that Big Ben is coming back and you have to imagine they're going to be in the red zone a lot more than they were last year, mm-hmm. maybe somebody like Dillon still makes sense because, look, if they're going to get sure. within that five-yard line, I mean, that's a weapon that you can use. Right. Um, uh, so I want to, uh, I'm going to dive a little bit deeper here. So James okay. Conner, more like a second, third round pick. I want to mm-hmm. ask you about Preston Williams, um, undrafted going in the last year and, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, this guy makes mm-hmm. fantasy production happen at the wide receiver position. So Preston Williams, he started to be a flex play. And then unfortunately he was injured for the season. Um, right. so tell me about Preston Williams in the games that he played, because that's somebody who you can just get at the end of your drafts. Or in best ball, I think he's a great pick. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'm definitely picking Preston Williams in my best ball drafts. I've already done it. Um, 63% consistency in the eight games he played. That ranked him 26th. So, you know, wow. yeah, he didn't play a full season, but the games he played percentage-wise, 
So if he would have finished the year and just doubled that, he would have been 10 out of 16. That puts him as almost, you know, that puts him in the wide receiver two scenario, uh, which still puts him behind Devontae Parker, who is even better. Um, right. So, you know, with both of them on the field, yeah, I, I think they're both very good picks. Uh, and Parker's going, I thought Parker might get a little more love this year, uh, but he really hasn't got as much as I thought. Um, but the other thing is, is that some of these other bigger name receivers who have a better history to back them up are also going down in the same areas. I mean, I picked AJ Green with Devontae Parker still sitting there as one slot behind him as right. my wide receiver three. Yeah, I get it. He was injured. But right. who are you going to pick? Who are you going to trust? <laughs> yeah, of course. You know, I said that last year, too, in 2019, where I'm like, oh, yeah, AJ yeah. Green, my wide receiver three. Look at this. And then, yeah. You know, we know the rest of that story. Yeah, right. All right. Um, yeah, I like Preston Williams a lot. Definitely think is a good uh, late round pick. Great value as your wide receiver, five or six. Um, yeah, I, I like him a lot. Good consistency last year in that short short time frame. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, I'm glad I asked you about Preston. You know, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he came in the last year, and you have Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. I mean, it's like a Chris Godwin and Mike Evans ultra light you know mm-hmm. like two pretty solid right. wide receivers big bodies um really threats in the red zone um so right. yeah, he can work with that and the, you know as long as he's on the field i think you can kind of count on that production i mean what happens with the ryan fitzpatrick led offense it, it's on the field a lot and they're passing a lot right that's really the concern right well that. mostly because the dolphins defense sucks so they're exactly. passing a lot because they have to pass a lot <laughs> exactly and then you look if they draft Tua, you know i still think look if yeah i think ryan fitzpatrick right. starts the season and then you right. get you know Tua coming in who's probably gonna you know he is he can be very electric and he's also gonna have some growing pain so i think you right. know a similar kind of style of offense there yeah no definitely josh let's uh let's start up this mock draft man what do you say This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, I'm ready for that, especially after we're talking about Preston Williams. Like, he's talking about all these guys I like. So, right. Uh, well, yeah, let's get this uh, fired up again. Like you said, it's a 12 team PPR. So, uh, the three of us are using the Fantasy Pros uh, custom mock draft here, and it kind of generates some random spots. Um, looks like, um, well, it looks like me and Bob are stuck at the end of the turn here, but, uh, but you're oh, getting, you're getting pick four, my friend. I like it. I like the spot. Okay, yeah. Love love a top four pick. Oh, so I'm 12. I can't can't see. Yeah, I, I, I get I get to snag uh, picks. Me and me and Bob get to snipe each other all day. Yeah, oh, there you we go. Have all the fun over there. <laughs> okay, so this is what PPR and 12 teamer, right? No other rules here. What? Yeah, just uh, doing a dozen teams here, PPR, and then it looks like uh, first three picks off the board, McCaffrey, Barkley, and Thomas, and that serves it up to you. Okay, so I got Zeke, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, who I'm really looking at here. Um, I drafted Zeke a lot last year, um, and I really was disappointed. And I think people could say the same thing about Alvin Kamara. You can't really say that about Dalvin Cook. 
Um, I'll say that. I think Dalvin Cook is the the play here. I am going to get Kamara because I still think that there's a lot of upside there with the way he plays that style of offense in um, in New Orleans. So I went Kamara there with the fourth overall pick. Nice. And then uh, so it's going to zip through these other ones till it gets to me here at uh, pick 11. So you had after you pick. Uh, Say, Josh, Zeke. you have 14 seconds, just so you know. Yep. And then uh, <laughs> oh, I was just going to do a quick pick recap. But uh, looking at pick 11 here, um, I think, I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Devontae Adams, uh, who is also the consensus, uh, consensus recommendation as just the second wide receiver off the board here. Um, just like him a lot better than a couple of your, uh, a couple of the running backs here. All right, so I'm taking Derrick Henry here because it's the best running back left on the board. I could go double tight end or double wide receiver, but I won't. Um, and I'm going to come back with uh, Julio Jones as my then wide receiver. So I've got a nice turn there of 80, 85% higher and higher consistency out of both of them. I'll take those two every day. Nice. And then, uh, so that goes right back to me after the turn. And uh, thinking about doing the double wide receiver, but uh, I'm actually going to opt to go with Josh Jacobs here and take my first running back. Interesting. Right, yeah, you're, you're big on Josh Jacobs. I, I like that. Um, okay, so back to me. Um, let's see. We got Mike Evans on the board. I'm not a big Mike Evans guy right now. Man, you know, with Tom Brady, it's just it's, it's going to be different, and I don't think it's going to be in a good way there. Um, Leonard Fournette on the board. I am actually going to go with Kenny Galladay. Um, nope, there it goes. Wow, that is a uh, comes in fast. <laughs> so I've seen this uh, in most best ball drafts I've already done, uh, where Mahomes and Jackson are basically going early third round, late second, and Kelsey and Kittle going in the second. So right. that, that looks pretty normal. Right. Uh, now, Mike Evans is back, and the fact that I can pair up Galladay and Evans, I'm loving that. Like in years past, I just love Mike Evans as my wide receiver, too. I don't love him as my one, like, but you get him as your wide receiver, too. You, I mean, I, I just I got to get that all day. So. I forget. Is this 1.5 for tight ends? We're not doing that, no. Oh, okay, because yeah, I just yeah. saw three tight ends go off in the third round. I have not seen <laughs> – Waller and Andrews or oh, wow. Ertz yeah. go that early yet. Yeah. That's why I wondered. Can't get that value on Mark Andrews anymore. Josh goes Sanders. So, um, so here's where I'm kind of in a tough spot because there's some good wide receivers or some good quarterback. Uh, you know, I think I'm going to go. Uh, I think I'm going to go Keenan Allen. Because there's just good consistency there, and then yeah, that's who uh, I was debating on. <laughs> it was either it was either going to be uh, Sanders or Adams for me. Or, uh, and then Allen. for my third wide receiver, I'm going to go Cooper Cup. Nice, seventy five percent consistency back to back seasons is my wide receiver three. I'm I'm all in. Josh, it's back to you. 
Yeah, so I passed on uh, Keenan Allen, and then Bob, I expected him to, to take him, and he definitely did. So now that those wide receivers are gone, I'm left with Adam Thielen, so that's who I'm going to So, okay, I'm on the clock here, and I want to just talk about my team real quick. Alvin Kamara, Mike Evans, and Kenny Galladay. First of all, Alvin Kamara, what happened last year uh, that was kind of an anomaly? It was the touchdowns. Well, I know he's, he only scored like two touchdowns through like the first 14 weeks. And I just think he scored like four in one week or something so, ridiculous. Yeah. So when we're identifying guys that can have these like, you know, bounce back seasons, you got to look at that category. Um, the Saints are known as a team that to punch it in. Uh, and Alvin Kamara is the guy. Um, I, I just I really see the, the touchdowns going up. Uh, it, it takes him from, you know, finishing as, you know, a top eight guy to a top four guy. Um, so right. you've got to really appreciate Alvin Kamara there. So don't be scared to pull the trigger on a guy like Kamara. Um, and then, of course, Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay. I just like that touchdown upside there. Um, I, I think that Evans, I've said before in the show, I really don't like him as much with Tom Brady. Um, you know, I, I prefer him with Jameis Winston, but he's still a big body in the red zone. Um, he's still a deep ball threat. And then Galladay, we know what he does. And, you know, I, I just think that those are two potential top five wide receivers there. Um, Josh, you want to talk about your team real quick? Yeah, so, you know, having the picks there uh, right before the turn, uh, basically love love Bob's team more than mine already. So <laughs> that's probably not good. But uh, I do like, you know, we, I mean, we both went running back, wide receiver. But in, in both of these, uh, the first and the third round, you know, I'm debating between a receiver and a running back. And I, and I personally, you know, for 20 some years, I've, I've been always having a hard time when it comes down to a receiver or a running back. I like it a lot better when it's the same position. Like if I'm debating between say Adams and uh, Julio Jones, for example. Um, but instead I went Adams over Derek Henry. And then when Bob took Henry, that kind of made me um, take Josh Jacobs, but uh, kind of wishing I would have went Derek Henry instead of Jacobs, and uh, you know maybe we'd see how the how the team would shake out. But either way, still still some good balance. Uh, you know, with Sanders in round three and Thielen in round four. Um, you know, I, I do like the the uptick in targets that I think Adam Thielen's going to see just with Stefan Diggs off the field and not you know not uh, demanding so much of the target share there. I think that's definitely going to be something we talked about briefly last week that I think is a good value in round four. Um, not so crazy with Sanders. I, I would have preferred Sanders in the fourth round personally, but we're, we talked about that briefly last week as well, that, you know, he's, he's like a top 20 player right now. So this is, this is, this is decent and I'll take this, but, uh, but I, I, I don't, I don't love it. Don't love the team. Right now. Bob, are you looking at Derrick Henry as a value at the uh, last pick of the first round there? Absolutely. I, I mean, I've been in, I've seen other drafts where Henry is going at pick seven or eight. So the fact that he fell to 12, just, I was just like, Oh, I can't not do this. Cause right. at that point, nothing against any of the picks after that. But in my opinion, the, the drop off between Henry and the rest of the running backs as a, as a running back one is atrocious. Right. Um, Josh Jacobs is a good player, but couldn't stay healthy and still in the second year and plays for an okay team. Kenyon Drake, we don't know exactly if he's good as he played in some of those games last year. Gordon's in Denver, Fournette, 
Fournette's actually a very good pick to fall into the third round. Sanders, okay. you know, is, is looked really good in the second half. Um, but man, to get Derrick Henry at 12, I was, I was pretty giddy about that. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, you know, Fournette still not getting the love. I mean, he got a lot of work in the yeah, past. Yeah, to be honest with you, I almost if I almost went Henry and Fournette back to back. And I'm like, I thought, well, maybe, maybe Fournette will get back to me, but obviously it didn't. Right. Yeah. So um all right, Josh. Yeah, let's uh let's get this thing going. Let's let's keep it going here. All right. All right. All right. So I got about 30 seconds. Um, and I'm looking at the wide receivers available. Calvin Ridley, Stefan Diggs, Robert Woods, DJ Shark, T.Y. Hilton. You know, a lot of good selections here, honestly. I, I was originally looking at this like, okay, yeah, definitely running back. Um, DJ Shark, all the upside in the world. I, I think that what is his what is his ceiling right now? It's it's a wide receiver one. It's, it's Gardner Minshew. <laughs> yeah, there you go. His well, ceiling you know, is Gardner Minshew. That's he'll be as good as Minshew. And He's a very talented. If he played for another team, I, I'd be all over Shark a little bit earlier. But now, what would you say if he if Cam Newton goes to the Jaguars? Just that uh, definitely gives me. Well, I mean, I don't know. Newton, Newton, I don't know. It wasn't healthy enough for me. Right. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm drafting Damian Williams here. Now I drafted him over uh, a lot of guys that I like, um, including. Devin Singletary, who actually makes it back to me. So I'm going to get Devin Singletary here. I'm going to double up uh, on the running back. So I get Damian Williams, who, you know, hey, look, right now he's the starter for the Chiefs. Um, And then I got Devin Singletary, who I've obviously talked about on this show before. Um, You got to love his situation there in Buffalo. And then it's back to Josh. Back to Josh. Yeah, and I'm trying to decide uh, where I want to go with the – Fill out that last receiver spot or not, but uh, I'm not totally in love with uh, some of the receiving options here. And I'm almost feeling like I'm more comfortable with getting a guy like Marlon Mack at this point, especially running behind that offensive line. So I'm definitely going to do that at this point. Love that pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. So when you're sitting at the five, six run, what concerns me at this spot is if you don't get a good tight end, you're in trouble. Um, pause that for a second, would you? <laughs> pause. Um, so here's where I make have to make the decision, and I've done this in about every draft I've done so far. It's between Hunter Henry and Evan Ingram. Mm-hmm. I love them both. They both have been very consistent. Ingram is the number three tight end in this league, in my opinion, fantasy-wise, yep. if he can play a whole season. He's like, he's like the, uh, who was the guy I talking about earlier when you asked me about um, James Conner. Right. If he could play a whole season, he was 88% consistent, seven of eight in his, the eight games he played. The problem is he couldn't play the whole season. Um, yep. So it's the consistency and durability of Hunter versus the ultra c- consistency, but the non-durability of, of Ingram. Um, I think since I have a really solid, consistent team, I'm going to go Evan Ingram. You were going to get a receiver here, Bob. I mean, are you looking at any of these receivers like Landry, Gallup, McLaurin? So here's the thing. I I could get more receivers, but I think there's a lot of good receivers that are available later. Okay. um, That I'm going to, I think, add then. 
So what I want to do is get, I want to get Ingram and then I want to get another running back um, because I, I don't have my second one yet. So I'm going to go with carry on Johnson. Um, he's a little risky, um, very consistent, been 70% consistent um, when he's playing, but again, can't stay healthy, but I've got so much consistency. I can take that risk here. So you went Hunter Henry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically it was if whatever you, guy the same feeling I have. You want to get that. If you can get one of those two guys, I think in round five or six, you're doing good because you, you didn't jump on the Kelsey Kittle, but you can get good quality performance out of your tight end if they stay on the field. So I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. Thinking round six is tight end country. I love Debo Samo. Nice pick. Yeah, I got Debo there. I like him as my third receiver. Um, And this is actually a three wide receiver um, roster setting here. So then we got Will Fuller. That's very interesting, obviously, with uh, DeAndre gone. I'm not thinking about quarterback yet. I mean, it's a single quarterback league, so you don't really think about those until later. So, yeah, the receivers here, Will Fuller is definitely interesting to me. Hollywood Brown, another guy who I really like. Um, at this point in the draft, I wouldn't mind drafting either of those guys in my seventh round pick. Um, and I already have three uh, running backs, which for me, um, you know, like I think I'm okay with three running backs. So I wouldn't mind getting a receiver here. Not really looking at tight end, not looking at quarterback. I see David Johnson here. Uh Really, really good situation, in my opinion. Seventh round, I don't see a way that I could pass this up. If he fails at the, as a seventh-round pick, you really didn't risk anything. I think it's fine to take a chance with David Johnson's seventh-round pick. Yeah, and then we see start, some of the quarterbacks start to go. Right. Yeah. I got to say, Maybe this is where you, 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 you're playing against the computer, so you have to go – quarterback in one of these two picks if not they're going to be gone before <laughs> after this turn um because that's the way the system's going to do it in the best ball drafts that i have i've been picking quarterbacks in rounds eight nine and ten that are that have went here in round six and seven right so it just depends on how you're looking at it so you go marvin jones so like i said i have to pick a quarterback and one of my favorites this year to pick is matt ryan um because for the past two seasons, he's been 75% consistent. Um, I've already got Julio, so that's a nice combo. So got to get at least one quarterback here, because if not, like I said, if I don't get one at this turn, the system is going to take the rest of them. So I don't want to waste that. But now I'm going to pick my favorite running back. I'm drafting the shit out of this year. Um, <laughs> as And most of the time as my running back three, and that is Raheem Mostert. Nice. I love this guy. Second half of last season, 76% consistency rocketed through the playoffs. And, you know, people are like, well, it's a three-headed monster. Now, take a look at the, the, the snaps and the touches for the last eight games plus the playoffs. It's not a three-headed monster. It's a one-headed monster with two sidearms. <laughs> right. So, yeah. loving, yeah, loving I mean, most during really- the eighth round. He really carried them in the last, you know, you know, few games of the season into the playoffs. Um, was it just an anomaly? Is it really, you know, can we actually look at Raheem Mustard as the guy? I think so. I think you have to trust it for now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, you know, you got Derek McKinnon coming back into the play, in, into play, which yeah. is kind of scary. Um, yeah. Of course, you but know. He's, but he's made of glass, so I'm not worried exactly. about him. 
Okay, so I'm back on the clock here. Um, I think Moster was a good pick. I actually was going to be very tempted to get uh, Kareem Hunt at this spot. Um, I'm stacking up running backs. I don't usually do that. But I, at this spot, that, ta- that value right there, I really love Hunt um, in this Cleveland Browns offense in the role that we saw him in, and that's the pass catching back. So now there's not a lot of options here at the running back. I'm not very excited about um, – Devontae Freeman is very interesting at this point. Um, we project him to be a starter somewhere. Tevin Coleman, you know, these running backs aren't very interesting. Aaron Rodgers is still here. Um, I could take him. Um, and then you can unpause it, Josh. Um, All right. That'll be 30 seconds, sir. Okay. Thank you so, so much. So keep talking. <laughs> uh, <okay. laughs> um, wow. Not a lot here at the wide receiver either. Um, I'm not excited about any of these guys, Alshon Jeffrey, Robbie Anderson, not very excited about those guys. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to just take the easy pick here, um, and get Aaron Rodgers if it'll let me, oh, 36, right. Yep. So I'm going to get Aaron Rodgers just to solidify that position. Isn't that amazing? He falls. He's falling that far, but his consistency has sucked the last two years. So I get it. Yeah. yeah. No. I mean. Yeah. He's not. I mean, that's the only reason I didn't take him. You know, right. in the eighth round. I mean, I already had Adams, and that's you know a natural stack. But right. I just, I, I think there's just going to be a lot more passing volume for Stafford, and that's the only reason I, I wouldn't even be going Stafford. I agree. Oh, and Stafford. Was, anyway, Stafford was a great um, quarterback last year again through the first eight games. All right. Well, it took one of my my wide res- or running back four favorite pick, which is Naheem Himes. So I can't do that one. So I'm going to do, and I've done this again in most drafts. I'm taking Drew Brees here, so that I have Ryan and Brees. They're both very consistent. I can rely on them, but it gives me some stability just in case something goes crazy. And then um, I think I'm going to go. Um, and I know this might shock some people, but I'm going Golden Tate. You were going to ask me about a guy that nobody is thinking about this year. We right. never got to that question. That is the man. 82% consistency last year when he was on, when after the suspension for the last, whatever it was, 10 or 11 games of the year. And I got him as my wide receiver four. So I'm good with that. Nice. Yeah. Um, Golden Tate, you know, is in, he's kind of in, you know, there's a lot of receivers there in New York, right? I mean, so yeah, you, you, and especially when you talk about your guy, Evan Ingram too. I mean, do you think that Golden Tate can get the volume? He did last year, even, even when all of them were on the field early in the season, when he first came in after his suspension, he was still earning, earning the quality games, clutch games, with all of them, even, you know, with uh, Ingram there, with um, Sterling Shepard there, all of them. So, yeah, he uh, he did pretty well. So, Hey, your boy. I got, my, I got my boy Preston Williams. All right, sounds good. What do you like about, uh, what do you like about your team so far? So, let me tell you, I never would draft Aaron Rodgers in the, I think it was ninth round. I think Bob, you mentioned it. Yeah, the the computer was drafting a lot of quarterbacks, right? And that kind of made me like rethink about things. But in all honesty, I wouldn't draft Aaron Rodgers there. I would wait until like get Matthew Stafford or someone like that. 
And then Josh, you're on the board here. Was that Adrian Peterson? Yeah, I just I don't trust Darius guys. Yeah. <laughs> Bob on the clock. Deshaun Jackson, huh? Okay. Wow. Yeah, so five. I mean, so he's my wide receiver five. Um, and again, you know, he's proven. I mean, he was gelling well when those first two games with Carson Wentz, and then got hurt. And right. you know, getting him as my wide receiver five, he could easily end up as a wide receiver three. Oh, Deshaun Jackson, man! I I was so excited about him going into last year. Back I was too. Philly, back in Philly, you know, and in a good situation, surrounded by Alshon, who isn't the field stretcher he once was, but still can can work. Um, just really great situation. He he's back into that situation. I mean, mm-hmm. what is, you know, can he stay on the field? No. The answer is no, he cannot. And like he goes off against the Redskins. I mean, if you were me and I'm touting Deshaun Jackson all offseason, and then I look at the schedule and I see that he's playing the Redskins in a, in a revenge game. I know, exactly. I was so excited too. I had him yeah. in a lot of leagues. And you play him, he goes off, and then you don't see him for the rest of the year pretty much. And it's it just sucks. So, I mean, you're okay taking a shot at him again this year. Yeah, right? round 11. Yeah. yeah. Is my wide receiver five or six? I'm perfectly fine with that. He probably would normally even fall farther. Um, he probably would have went. I might have been able to get him in around 13 or 14. But um, I, if we would have finished the draft, like we we're going to fill up the team, I probably would have went Jared Cook there because that's another thing that I've been doing in these best ball drafts is if they, if a decent, solid, consistent tight end is available as the second tight end in round 12, 11 or 12, right. like Dallas Goddard or Jared Cook. Um, I'm going to take him. Um, even Jack Doyle. Um, I love Jack Doyle coming you know, back this year as the only main tight end. Um, you've got Phillip Rivers who love throwing to his tight end in, you know, the, for the Chargers. Um, so I've taken like Jack Doyle in round 14 or 15 as, you know, I, even though I've taken Ingram because again, you can always flex a tight end. Right. Um, and if, it, and if this would have been a one and a half point now, it might've been a lot differently, but, um, but yeah, I would have probably taken something like that maybe even before Jackson or, or taken, you know, either both of them. We've talked about Jack Doyle on the show. I think me and Josh are both in the, on board here and I really like Jack Doyle. Like if you're going to wait on a tight end, which in this situation, <laughs> I don't even have a tight end and right. we've, gone, we've gone 11 rounds. Right. And, and it's because, like, look, I like Travis Kelsey. I like Mark Andrews. I just don't want to pay for them. Now, right. if they, they fall, yeah, I'm going to draft Mark Andrews if he falls into, like, the sixth round, seventh round. Right. Um, but then otherwise, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait it out. Jack Doyle is there. But what I really like to do is you can draft in, like, the 13th round, let's say TJ Hawkinson, right? An upside right. guy, a Mike Jasicki. And then you can come right back and get Jack Doyle. Right. Especially, and even if it is a like a you know a one point five per uh, reception for a tight end, you can still get like both of those guys late. And I think mm-hmm. if you know who's obviously a ceiling play there, if he doesn't work out on a week to week basis, you got Jack Doyle right there who's going to be a nice PPR option for you. Right, right. Um, yeah, definitely. Josh, you want to talk about your team real quick and your thought process, and tell me one thing you would have done differently, um, also along with like what you liked that you did. Yeah, I'll do I'll do two things I would have done differently only because Bob already mentioned the one which was uh, Derek Henry. Uh, yeah, I definitely should have took Derek Henry like as soon as I clicked a Devonte Adams name, 
not only as a uh, Lions fan, uh, it kind of hurt, but, you know, Derrick Henry, like Bob said, the, the fall off from Henry to the other running backs after him, it's just, there's, there's really not a comparison there. So I definitely would have went Henry um, before I got to the second round, um, you know, and then as far as, uh, you know, for this simulation purposes, I definitely would not have taken Stafford in round eight um, about the time that, you know, most of the leagues that, you know, we play in about this point where we pause the draft is where a lot of the quarterbacks are going to start going off the board. So I definitely wouldn't have gone right. quarterback that early. Um, but, you know, in this in this scenario, um, I think, you know, definitely definitely echo the thoughts that Bob had mentioned that Henry should have been, you know, right there before the end of the first round. And then, uh, you know, also tight end. Uh, tight end before round six is kind of I'm in, I'm in that same train of thought with Bob as well. Uh, definitely like being able to lock up that spot here with Hunter Henry. Uh, who knows what you know the target situation holds, but can't blame the Chargers for bringing him back for a year. Like Bob said, if he can stay on the field, I mean I think that's what the Chargers want to do. They want him to prove that he can stay on the field, and that's why they only tendered him the franchise tag. But um, but overall, I mean, Sanders is definitely going to have to have more of a bell cow role and, and be more involved to make that third round pick pay off. But, you know, we got him at the end of the third round, so still not a terrible pick. Uh, but I like the I like a lot of the like the consistent targets that the wide receivers and I like backing up the running backs with Mac and, uh, and Sony Michelle, uh, you know, he, he week to week would probably dictate, you know, if I'm putting Mac or uh, Sony or uh, Brandon Cooks in there. I uh, definitely think people are sleeping on Cooks, uh, getting him in the 10th round. Uh, four thousand-yard seasons in a row before last year, and three of those are with different quarterbacks on different teams. So uh, maybe that speaks something to uh, why he's been on so many teams. But uh, but he's 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 a great value in the 10th round, and that's that's a guy I've I've liked getting in best ball drafts as well early on here in uh, in April. Yeah, I mean, you know, Brandon Cooks is a guy I look at who's on the board, and I'm just like, ah, yeah, probably going to look somewhere else. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's always right. <laughs> I'm not saying that's always right. He's just a name. You know, there's these names that just come up for me that I'm just not interested in. Uh, and I sometimes I don't even see them on the draft board. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And no disrespect, but Brandon Cooks is one of them where I'm like, I'm overlooking him. And I think. It's you know what you're getting, and then he's also just not consistent, right? I mean, you know, we've been talking about consistency. Um, He's not a guy that you can start week in and week out. He's going to give you some duds, uh, which you hate. So, you know, the target monsters there in in Los Angeles are Cooper Cup, obviously, who still isn't getting the credit he deserves, even after having an amazing season, top five type season. Um, you, You have to draft him. Um, when he comes up now you were able to scoop up Cooper cup were you weren't you Bob yeah I got him in the the turn there in the fourth round after Keenan Allen um, which is a a solid spot again if I can get him as my wide receiver three and get almost a guaranteed 75 percent consistency out of him especially since I have Julio and Keenan Allen on top of that and that's 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 why I went that instead of trying to get a running back there I, I almost grabbed either Ingram or Chris Carson but I was like, ah, you know what? I'll just go back to my reliable carry on Johnson, Raheem Mostert's and, uh, you know, know that I'm going to get something there, even though there's a little more um, uh, durability issues, especially with carry on. 
So tell me about the rest of your team and then tell me like one thing that you would have done differently if you could. It was, it's uh, honestly, I'm, I'm literally almost tearing up here. It's so amazing. Um, I can't even tell you. I, I no, I've, <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I basically drafted it just like I have been in these best balls. The difference here is that I'd have to say that these ADPs and the way this fell out is probably the most realistic one I've been in. These best ball ones are just, ridiculous i think like i said i'm I'm getting you know julian edelman in round like eight and this thing had edelman going like five ten it makes more sense um yeah. keenan allen i've gotten in the fifth and sixth round of some of these best ball drafts so um so definitely more realistic which i was i was glad because this to me is more what we're going to see i think in august than you're going to see obviously uh you know versus the other stuff i've seen but um you know, it, it, it's a little bit, you know, when you've done these with fantasy pros, which I've done a lot in the past too, you kind of know how it works. So you, you kind of know, okay, if I don't take this guy here in order, he's going to be gone before he gets back. Now you, you can't always predict that, but in, in this case you can, but you know, obviously I love the consistency of every player on this board or I wouldn't have drafted him. Right. Um, you know, even golden Tate at 82% last year, because Deshaun Jackson, has been in the you know 65 70 range um i think he was on pace for he was going to have a great season last year then the injury came so i think he's really good value that late and there's guys that i have starred that i didn't get to pick like i said D- jared cook um jack doyle um at, at wide receiver i had um guys like cole beasley uh who i think is a good late round pick um you know, Larry Fitzgerald is, you know, everybody's given up on him as dead. And I think you know, he always seems to be at that 60, 65 range in yeah, percentage wow. uh, consistency. And he's hasn't even been taken yet. And he's way down the list. He's like 63. Yeah, he so, had bad games at the end of last year. Um, do you kind of view that as, okay, yeah, like we kind of saw him kind of break down as the season went on? Or does that worry you? I, I think he started off great, and then you were you were very happy if you drafted Larry Fitzgerald, and then he obviously you know trailed off there. Um, let me pull up his numbers, and I think yeah, that's kind of been it, like his pattern the last few years. It has been, but if I'm mistaken, when I was doing this guide, I'll tell you what I noticed that made made the made me make sense why the reason he died off is because Kyler Murray also went two for five over the last five games. Right. So Kyler Murray died off, which in turn made Larry Fitzgerald die off. So I don't think it was necessarily Fitzgerald's fault as much as I think the league caught up to Kyler Murray. That's why I'm not that high on Kyler Murray as everybody else. I mean, yeah, I get it. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. That's great. But like I said, the league figured him out in the last five games he only went two for five, so he was under fifty percent. Um, I, I just love you know that so trio of wide receivers in Arizona. I can disagree, but <laughs> you know, I here's another reason why Kyler Murray I think dropped off in the in those last five games. They got a running back, and his name was Teddy Drake, who right. was running the ball very well. So guess what? Kyler Murray doesn't have to throw this much, right. so. Those are the kind of things that as we head into 2020, people kind of need to take a step back and don't get, and don't just say DeAndre Hopkins comes. That means Kyler Murray and everybody's better. Not necessarily. It also means that if Kenyon Drake gets the ball as much as he did, 
and they stay in games and are not, you know, behind three touchdowns, they don't have to throw the ball as much. Kenny Drake's running the ball well. They're controlling the clock. Kyler Murray doesn't have to throw the ball. Hopkins dies off, you know, doesn't get, you know, 280 targets. You know, it, it all it all is part of that that mixture. And and that's the kind of thing you have to look at when these guys change teams and, you know, uh, a new person goes into place like Kenyon Drake, he might be a very good running back. He proved that he could do it, but how does that all come together with this new um, option called DeAndre Hopkins in play? Um, I'm looking at some of these back end receivers. Um, so Fitzgerald again is going to be a value in redraft. Um, I think that, he's going to be the slot guy primarily with DeAndre mm-hmm. on the outside, getting a lot of double teams. Uh, you have to like that. And you have to like the pairing of these two, uh, not only from a fantasy perspective, but just like an NFL perspective. Like we got future hall of famer, Larry Fitzgerald, mm-hmm. uh, DeAndre Hopkins coming in, in his prime. It's just a beautiful thing. So I want to talk about my uh, team real quick and just my thought process. And um, then we'll wrap up here. So, Aaron Rodgers, again, I would not have drafted him, but, you know, like Matthew Stafford, right? We've talked about him. You know, there's there's upside there for Matthew Stafford because I believe that that offense that they're going to run in Detroit uh, is very fantasy friendly with two touchdown catchers at receiver in Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. Um, And then you have a couple uh, running backs there that can get the job done along with TJ Hawkinson, along with um, Danny Amendola. And then Tom Brady, look, people have been sleeping on Tom Brady for good reason as a New England Patriot. So he's always there at the end of drafts. Um, You can get him. Now I think the same thing is going to happen, but he's in Tampa Bay. And Bruce Arians, what he did for Carson Palmer at the end of his career, I do not see a reason why that can happen with Tom Brady as long as it can all come together which is a potential outcome. So well, you have to look at it from that outlook in that Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, those are perennial, you know, they can be top 10 guys. Um, well, someone has to throw them the ball. And, mm-hmm. Brady, you know, I would rather just wait on Brady than to draft Aaron Rodgers. I really would. Um, yeah. If Brady doesn't work out, he doesn't work out. You get somebody else, you stream the quarterback position. So that's one thing I would have done differently. I love what I did at running back because I was able to get Damian Williams who, you know, for, at the 409 um, or the 408. That's a whatever, good pick. Uh, no, yeah. a good pick. Last year he was going in the second round. <laughs> right. That's exactly right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens after the draft. I think everything's going to revert back to the mean, and you're not going to be able to get out of the third round without drafting Damian Williams. But, yeah, so 409, you know, how could you not? Um, and then to wrap back around the fifth round and get Devin Singletary, uh, I'm loving that. So I feel good about the running backs with Kamara, Singletary, Damian Williams, and then David Johnson. Uh, David Johnson, I got in the seventh round in this draft. I do not think uh, that come August that's going to be possible. Mm, uh, I don't know. I've I, I not seen David Johnson go very high in the best ball drafts either. There is not a lot of love for David Johnson. Well, he's the starter for the Houston Texans, and then, you know, yeah. we get to the preseason. And so is Carlos Hyde. Sure. And Carlos Hyde <laughs> together a thousand-yard season. Right. But, um, but, but from a fantasy perspective, it really wasn't that good. No, I mean, a no. thousand yards doesn't mean it, it's a hundred fantasy points. Sure. If you don't right. have things to go with it, like catches and right. receiving yards and touchdowns, right. it, 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 it can be a bust as well. 
So uh, but I, said, I mean, I like David John. I'm not arguing with your David Johnson pick. I'm just telling you that right now there's not a lot of love for him. Right. We'll see if well, that yeah. changes. Yeah, I, I think it will. If it doesn't, then I think that, look, you know, you can say, okay, he, I don't believe in David Johnson. I don't believe in that he has any juice left. Um, you know, that whatever your thought process is, seventh round, you're not really, no. losing. you're not losing no, much. No, you're not losing. Yeah. As uh, you're running back four. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got to be happy about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Carlos Hyde last year, running back 23. Um, right. So you're, you know, if you look at that and you're saying, okay, can David Johnson do that? Yes. Yes, he can. Yes. Right. Um, I took a couple chances with the wide receiver here because I have Mike Evans, Kenny Galladay, Debo Samuel. Mm-hmm. I do feel pretty good about that. And then I took a couple, you know, flyers here in Deontay Johnson and Preston Williams. There were a lot of safe options on the board. I just always seem to draft this way where I go for upside. And, you know, sometimes these guys just end up on the waiver wire. Sometimes I just cut them out right. Um, that definitely happens. So at that point where, you know, Bob Lung is drafting Golden Tate, I'm drafting the, you know, Preston Williams, who right. may not pan out at all. Um, it's just the way I draft. And then I go, I look at somebody like Tony Pollard, um, who I got with like the last pick of the 11th round. I think that there is value to be had there. I think he's worth the shot. He may be able to have standalone value there. Um, You know, they could certainly use him more in the slot role now that Randall Cobb is gone. That's kind of like my own little fantasy that I've put together is that Tony Pollard just plays (laughs) out of the slot sometimes. I was Uh, surprised you didn't go Latavius Murray there because you'd have both one Camara's handcuff, which is important. Not that he gets hurt that much, but nice to have him. And second, Latavius Murray did pretty well on his own, even when Camara was on the field. Yeah, very flex worthy. Oh, definitely. No, I mean, look, hey, if I if I could only have your mind, Bob Lung, <laughs> then I would be able to make moves like that. <laughs> like have the whole Saints backfield and get yeah. some standing value from Latavius. No, I would love that, but yeah. it didn't work out like that. <laughs> yeah. I do have a question for you guys. Um, like where, so Bob and I were drafting at the end here, uh, you know, right at the turn, does that, does the way that you guys, you know, see, I know you said you kind of go like after those initial three receivers, you're going upside most of the time, but you know, I, I feel like these ADPs are pretty accurate because where, where we're taking quarterbacks a little earlier than we would normally, mm-hmm. we got to also keep in mind, there's going to be some rookie picks feathered in right. throughout the draft. So I think these are pretty, pretty accurate ADPs for the most part. But like, Bob, for you, for example, are you always looking for consistent players like after you've filled out that lineup or are you kind of uh, taking more of a chance on guys later on? So here's my philosophy when I go into every draft, regardless of what pick I have. My first seven picks basically will be my starting lineup. So I don't do any bullshit of five wide receivers and no running backs. So I'm getting two running backs. I'm getting three receivers. I'm getting a tight end and I'm getting a quarterback by the end of round seven. And all of them on my system should be around 70% consistent, but have proven 70% consistency or better in the past. Now, first two rounds should be around 75 plus more. I'd rather have 80 plus. Um, then it goes to 75 and 70. Um, that is my goal every time. 
somebody will say, well, now I don't do that, man. I, you know, I'm, I'm doing it. That's fine. That that's your way, whoever, whatever way you want to do it is perfectly fine with me. That's my way. And that's what, by the, and that's what I, on my tier draft list, if you remember from the guide, people love that because it helps them yeah. stay focused on who they're going to get. And that's what that tier draft guide will say. If you look at the corner, it says at the end of round seven, you should have one quarterback, two to three receivers, two to three running backs and one tight end. That should be your, your starting team should be there on in place by the end of round seven, because now you can take chances. You can say, okay, I'm going to take Raheem Mostert as my running back three. I'm going to get a second quarterback in Drew Brees. I'm going to take a shot on Deshaun Jackson because you know that you should be getting 70% consistency from your starting lineup if they stay healthy and play all the games. Now, right. we know shit happens, so that's why you got to have backups and you know solid positions and that. Um, so that's always my philosophy, regardless of what draft I'm playing in. At this fifth, sixth round parent. Now, Josh, I think that your best pick was Marlon Mack at the 5'11". Um, if you get the starting yeah. running back for the Colts, with arguably the best offensive line in football, and then you got Philip Rivers coming in. I mean, you just got to love that right there. Yeah, well, I mean, that's definitely the best line in football, in my opinion. And I, I, I love how that Frank offense, uh, Frank Reich offense, you know, kind of is, is set up. They, they use Mac very effectively, and you know, they, they love Marlon Mack there in Indy, and you know, I, I love Marlon Mack as well. So it's. He's a guy that uh, that I think you can really use in your flex. Um, you know, if something happens with Sanders, you know, he's a guy that I can slot in as a starter and, and you know, not miss a beat. So, I mean, that's he's definitely a guy that I think is being a little bit undervalued. Um, you know, my my other favorite pick, uh, you know, I already talked about Brandon Cooks. Um, it's just it's just funny because when we talk about Brandon Cooks. Um, you know, it's like he went from just a baller to to boring like overnight. And uh, I'll I'll take it, man. I'll take the value I got from both those guys. I tell oh. you, another guy to think about um, for the Colts, and he is getting zero love. Um, he actually picked in the ninth round here, which is the highest I've seen. I the two drafts I've been in, he goes in round twelve and thirteen, and that's Naheen Himes. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. He is now the Austin Eckler for the Colts right. for, for, for Philip Rivers. And in a PPR format, if they, if they use a similar offense and Hines and, and Mack kind of share the, the backfield, but Hines is more third down like Eckler was prior to Eckler being the starter, I think there's some great value there as a, like I said, wide re- or running back four. Um, love him a lot. I'm all for Naheem Hines. And I think that, you know, ninth round – 10th round, 11th round, whatever it is, like that's a fine pick. But mm-hmm. I think that we're going to see a lot of Marlon Mack kind of falling because people are going to say, well, I don't, I can just draft Naheem Hines later where, you know, don't overthink it. Marlon Mack is going to be the lead guy. And Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Marlon well, Mack is Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler is, is, is going to be Naheem Hines think two years ago when Eckler was kind of the, just the third bound back only and didn't really right. fulfill as big a role, but exactly. as a, as a, as a ninth, 10th, 13th round guy is your RB five. He could end up being a good flex player for you most of the season. And then yeah, you know, that being a uh, PPR league, I think that's right. uh, kind of a big benefit as well. And you look at some of the other running backs there that went in the ninth round, like James White, 
you know, if he would have been there in the ninth round at the end, I, you know, I definitely would have took him. Oh, yeah, I, I would have taken him too, Jordan right? Howard. Yeah, and I had my eye on Howard as well. But yeah. PPR, White and Hines, I definitely had higher up on my ranks. I had Jordan Howard right there, but I just ended up settling for for some. You could easily, again, if you wanted to play the zero running back thing, you could pretty much not take a running back till, let's say, round eight. And you could get Ronald Jones, David Montgomery, Kareem Hunt, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle, Darius Geis, Naheem Himes, Jordan Howard, and James White. And all of them could be very, very productive running backs. Where you get them for sure. Where you're getting them. Yeah. Even guys like Lindsey and Montgomery as well. Especially if you went something crazy and did like Kelsey in round two, Lamar Jackson or Holmes around three you know, load up on wide receivers, um, you know, pretty much out of that number two, one, two or three slot. And then down in rounds, you know, seven and eight or eight, and nine, get two of those guys, or maybe get three of them. And those, you know, eight, nine, 10 or seven, eight, nine. Yeah. You could put a pretty good solid team together because you'd be so loaded at wide receiver. Um, you could do it. I mean, that would go against my theory, but if I was going to do it, that's how I, I would pull it off. Yeah, I think if you go zero RB and you can get a stud tight end too, I think you're in a great, right. great situation. Yeah. Um, and yeah, to get some yeah. of those guys, I mean, that's what you do if you go zero RB. You start drafting a bunch of running backs and two right. or three of them can hit and you draft six or seven guys, but in two or three of them hit, I think that's what you're looking for. Right. Or like if, you, if you're coming out of the one spot and you did McCaffrey, mm-hmm. Kittle or Kelsey, Jackson or Mahomes, and then just ripped off five straight wide receivers and then, or four straight wide receivers, and then did Jones and White or Jones, you know, two of those guys I talked about to go with McCaffrey. Whew, that's going to be a tough team to beat. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's so advantageous to get somebody like Lamar Jackson, who you know you're getting two positions in one. So if you're right. doing zero RB, I think like that's just a great because then you can argue oh, i'm getting lamar jackson i'm basically getting a running back in my yeah, zero you're getting RB. your rb2 and your qb1 right <laughs> same That's time exactly right bob it's been a great time drafting with you man um tell yeah, everybody yeah. where they can find the consistency guide how they can purchase it and you, uh, it. you have to go on them for them uh this off season you got it so it's out there the best place to go uh, especially if you're a hard copy kind of guy you want to hold it in your hands which it seems like most people do. Um, get that on Amazon. Just search for Fantasy Football Consistency Guide 2020. Should find it pretty easily. Uh, you can get it there. The cool thing is then once you get the guide, there's a code in there. You can go to the Big Guy Fantasy Sports website. And for only $10, you get the VIP package for the rest of the season. That's all of your updates, all your tier draft list updates, all the articles, access to the consistency report. We can put in your scoring method to find out who the best, most consistent players were in your league scoring system last year and help you with your draft prep. All that's only 10 bucks for the rest of the season. So you got all that going for you. So I always say that's the best way to do it. Um, But guys, thanks again for having me on. This is a great time. I love the mock drafts. We definitely should do this again right after uh, the NFL draft so we can see where the rookies will fall in and kind of see, compare that to this. So Josh, if you can save this and we can see how uh, how it would change here from a month from now. Absolutely. I'll have the results saved. Appreciate awesome. it. A yeah. uh, little, little uh, teaser here. Uh, I was talking with uh, the one and only uh, Paul Charchian 
And, you know, I wanted to get him on for tonight. And he said, you know what? Get back to me after the draft. Uh, I don't even have my rankings together. He was like, I know Bob Lung is going to give you a good episode, though. So we'll get we'll get you get back together. Yeah, yeah, appreciate we'll get it. here uh, with Paul, Bob. And we'll yeah. Have yeah. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks, yeah. Well, on behalf of Bob Lung and Josh Daly, my name is Stephen Troni. This has been the Hot Take Podcast.